0: People going by I see friends shaking hands Saying how do you do They're really saying I love you I hear babies
1: cry
0: I watch them grow they are like much more Than I'll never know To myself what I wanna follow.
2: morning you ready for these announcements there's a lot of them hang on all right let's start with birthdays we uh, didn't do them last week but we're going to do them this week so July birthdays we have Matt Johnson on the 11th he's not here that's okay Aubrey's on the 15th so happy birthday a little early Aubrey and Cass Hillston's on the 30th So a little later in the month. And there is some awesome-looking chocolate cake in the back. So I'll get you some chocolate cake. Thank you all for having a birthday this month so we can get some cake. Appreciate it. Thanks for the cake, Sherry. Okay. Other things coming up. We have uh, Summer Summer Bible Institute. So it's kind of like adult vacation Bible school. It's going to happen... Every night this week. It's gonna to start tomorrow night at six, and we're gonna have a meal. So we're gonna have a meal at six and Bible study at seven, and we're gonna start in First John chapter one. It's gonna be Monday through Thursday evenings with a meal and these Bible studies in First John. So look forward to that. And it's gonna be here at Grace Bible Church. And uh, we're gonna finish that up with our third Sunday potluck next Sunday. And we're going to finish that up with First John chapter 5 as the bonus session, and we'll have a potluck meal next Sunday. So that's what's happening this week and then next Sunday. And, uh, but before all that, we have a baptism service today after our service. So we're going to all head out to Snowdale State Park, and uh, if you don't know where that is, it's east on Highway 20. Right before you get to the bridge, it goes to Salina, and uh, hang a left. And go back to Snowdale State Park. You can probably follow other people if you aren't familiar. And Robert, Louise, and Aubrey are going to get baptized. So how awesome is that? <laughs> You're so excited. And uh, so hopefully you brought your your water shoes. Well, you don't have to get in the water. Hopefully you guys brought your water shoes. And after if you wanna eat in Salina there's some good places where you can you can go eat and uh Las Cocos has lots of tables apparently for if you wanna go with the group or you can go to pig out or dairy deal, yep, or you can just you know go to a campground I guess and grill your own hot dogs if you want to we uh We have those who are dealing with uh health issues, so we wanna remember. Wendy and Sherry, who are continuing to uh, deal with COVID symptoms, and we're going to pray for them. And uh, Wilma is at home dealing with pain issues, and it uh, sounds like Emily's doing better. She's getting over her COVID stuff and is able to go back to work, so that sounds good. And Mike and Trish are traveling, they're in Texas. Tom and Jane are traveling, they're out east, so pray for people who are traveling. So just some things to be praying for. We have new life, new hope, and new possibilities in Christ. New means new, different, reformed, spiritual, and empowered by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. So we're going to see what God does today through his word. Some of us are struggling with issues in our lives or with physical maladies, and we will look to the God of possibilities to do something remarkable in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we do look to you to do remarkable things in our lives, and uh, you are the God of possibilities. And we know that you hold all things in your hands. And whether we're looking to you for physical healing or emotional, um, other issues in our lives, maybe there's some thing that we're waiting on to happen. Lord, all those things we just we we take them to you. We know that. Ultimately, no matter what's going on whether it's something me- medical or physical, spiritual, father you are the ultimate fixer of all things because all things rely on you and we just lay them at your feet Father we we just ask this morning that all those things are laid aside as we come here to focus on you and to be with you to hear the the word that you have prepared for us this morning Father that. We're here to worship together, you, and uh, that means that the focus is not on us. The focus is on you, and I pray that would be what happens in this building this morning, that you would be glorified through all the different things that happen here, that we would be focusing, focusing on you, Lord, that we would be allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us and in us to hear the message that you have for us and uh, not be saying, oh, that's what my neighbor needs to hear from this message, or I wish that, you know, the person in front of me, I hope they're listening, but, Father, that's what I need to hear. And I just pray these things in your son's name. Amen.
3: Jesus and did for, for us,
2: us in his death, burial, and resurrection.
3: Being lowered in the water represents our old life dying. Life dying.
2: Just as Jesus was dead and buried,
3: our past and future sins are gone forever.
2: We are, forgiven. We
3: are forgiven. When we are raised out of the water,
1: it represents our new life in Christ.
3: Just as Jesus was
1: resurrected, we are a new creation. New creation. The old is gone, the new is gone has new. come. Has come. Today, today we celebrate as, as people take, take their next step and tell the world that Jesus has brought them from death to life. life. life.
2: Today we celebrate the miracle of a changed life
1: based upon their profession in Jesus Christ.
2: In the name, in the name of the Father, the, the
1: Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are buried with Christ and raised life to walk in newness of life. Sometimes it feels like I'm watching from the outside. Sometimes it feels like I'm breathing. But am I alive? I won't keep searching for answers that aren't here to find.
3: Did you know there's a new Indiana Jones movie out? Any Anybody see that? Just some? Okay. See the word up there at the bottom on the left side, parapateo? That will show up in Indiana Jones. So if you haven't seen it now, maybe you'll be like, I've got to see that. See if that shows up. Yep. It's fun because they're speaking Greek during part of it. And um, I didn't waste all my time learning some of that. So that just makes me feel wonderful about myself. Okay, we are dealing with this, this walking in the world with God, seeing how does walking with him impact the things around us in the world that we live in today. But what has happened to get us here? What would God expect? What is what's going on? Well, one of the big ones that gets tossed around is climate change. You probably heard something about that at some point. And things are happening, decisions are being made to, uh, that will affect you, but it's to change things in the way that uh, humans live on this planet. So what we're going to deal with is climate change and responsibility. What is it for those who are following Jesus on this planet. What does that look like? How how do we live in the midst of this? So, the whole climate change thing is part of what we're going to talk about. But climate change is the new term. If you remember, it was global warming, so that was the thing we had to worry about. And then, if you remember back in the nineteen sixties, it was uh, global winter because it was coming. And they had documentaries. It was on the news. It was like, oh, my gosh, we're all going to freeze. And then global warming came along. And then they said, well, people are making fun of us because there was this winter thing and a warming thing. And so now we've got to come up with a name that will cover it all. So climate change. Here's the really strange thing about that one. The climate changes. Seasonally. North to south. It has done it. Since the beginning, you go, that's a frightening thing. Now we need to change the laws because it's doing what it does. So, what is it that we're dealing with in this, all of this stuff? So, here, here's, let uh, I me, mean, yeah, we got the image up there. Okay, climate change. On uh, the upper image is a city. Uh, just off the coast in the Mediterranean uh, and Egypt. When they built the city, it was obviously not underwater. And then, son of a gun, the climate changed. And the water came up, and it flooded the city, and it's all sitting down there now. You can go diving to it because there's a diver there in the image going down to see the city. You go, well, that's... That's cool. There are a bunch of those around the Black Sea. There are places around the world where just sea levels change. You go, well, now we need to be afraid. Do you know what? Lots of people live in Egypt, and you, the, this is just, I know you're going to be shocked by this. They figured out, we can't live down there. Let's build our cities back here on the land. And they did. That's why I have that word. Adaptation, right there. They adapted. Things changed, they adapted. Um, in America, well, Europe, just around the world, in order to light your home, to light your business, to light the the uh, streets, in the 1800s, years before, and they come up to the 1800s, use, they used whale blubber. So oil lamps... We're taken care of, powered by whale blubber. They almost wiped out all the whales because they had to have a lot of blubber to light everybody's house. And you think, well, you know, okay, so what do you do when you're going to run out of whales? About the time they're just about to run out, they found out that oil and gas was really handy. And if you used that gas, you could have gas lamps, gas lanterns, gas in your homes. And so all of a sudden the streets in New York and Boston and all over have gas lamps. Now they have a way of, they could see at night. And, of course, that one, you know, is a little dangerous because you've got natural gas and in you're in your lighting it in your house. And then Edison and others came up with the idea of, well, what about electricity and this is all within a few years, decades of, of each other. Do you know what that's called? Adaptation. Just innovation. Being inventive. Dealing with the situation as it is. Do you remember the riots in the streets and the, and the great governmental battles that were happening over the, the uh, limited whale blubber? There were huge battles. Remember, you remember? You don't remember. <laughs> because it didn't happen. They just said, you know, let's change over this oil thing and, and this gas thing. And look, we can power vehicles and drive from place to place. We could even put it in trains and go around. Oh, now we have airplanes, and we could do that too. You know, that's pretty that's amazing. It didn't all fall apart because the whale blubber was, like, limited. There was something to be learned, in that they adapted. People adapt. It is a—it's incredible to watch that. If you've been to Los Angeles, you've seen in recent times. You've seen a little layer when you come over the mountains and you're driving into the uh, on the western side. You'll see it turn a little bit orangish, kind of. There's a little bit of smog still left. Back in the day, back in the '60s. You came over that thing, and it was a total dark, brown, ugly cloud that covered the entire basin. And I said, "You know we need to do something because the the way that L.A. is situated next to the ocean, the breeze comes in, and there are mountains all the way around it, so they can't blow anything away. It gets trapped. They had to come up with something, and they did. So they came up with catalytic converters, and your cars have those. And for some reason, people like to steal them these days, so that's a whole different thing. They adapted. So you go to L.A., and all the threat of we're all going to die, you can't breathe here, wear a mask kind of like other places in the world, and you go, no, they adapted. They came up with an invention. And now the air, and they had other things that they came up with, scrub the air, and, and you go, You know, you can live there and breathe. Millions of people live there. A lot of them are leaving now for other reasons, but there's lots of things that made a difference, made it possible to live in that place because they adapted. Adapted. It is uh, incredible how, how, how we can make a difference in our own world just by saying, this is what is, and now we need to adapt to it. So... If we were to make governmental changes based on what happened in 1783, and this is during the the, the Revolutionary Wars going on, what do you do during that time? Because there was a volcano. The volcano sent ash into the air. All of a sudden you have this super winter, super freezing temperatures, and a wintry summer. And you go, well, that's Ben Franklin made notes of this. you know crops don't grow, people start getting worried about food um, you know you need to big to, to find all those places that have the freeze dried food and store it in your big hole out back so nobody knows where you keep it, like around you know I know you guys aren't doing that, but there are people happens again in uh, eighteen fifteen another volcano goes off and in July it's all through the summer but July of 1816 in America there's snow on the ground people freezing to death they find them frozen because they're out just trying to feed their animals or take care of whatever but crops aren't growing fruit trees aren't producing animals are dying, people are dying and what if we made policies based on that or are there things that just happen and you adapt and you deal with it creatively and you work together with others that's part of the thing there was a thing called the the little ice age and that kind of went from 1300 to 1850 and the temperatures in the northern hemisphere were less than normal so it's cooler The uh, winters are longer. The summers are shorter. It's hard to get all the crops in. People get hungry over a period of time. So you throw that in there. And you go, okay, so we've got this little cold snap. What happened after 1850? Things started to warm up. Some of this is due to sunspots. Some of it's due to ocean currents. Some of it's due to volcanoes. Things happen. So what do you do In 1851 and 1875, it's warming up. Do you remember reading in your history book, in U.S. history, about the fear that entered the United States because of the warming that was happening in our country after 1850? No. Because it just changes. There's like this climate change. Ah, All right. Part of this is preferred paradigms. So let's look at that. We need to adapt. We need to adjust. We've got to figure out that some of this just happens. Preferred paradigms has to do with uh, how we view things. So we come up with, here's my assumptions, my preferred ones. So I'm going to agree with whoever I heard on the news or YouTube or read a book. And I'm going to say that... That tells me exactly how I need to view this. And it can be uh, very uh, scientific or sound scientific. Or it can just be this is the way my group thinks. So I'm going to go with that. Preferred paradigms. So this is when we're talking about an an extinction level event, because that's what we're talking about with climate change in the way that it's presented so an extension, extinction level event is something that wipes out humanity it just, it, more people are dying than living and you go well that's, that's huge okay here's a quote, this is from uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez back in January of 2019. 2019 you got that millennials and Gen Z and all these folks that come after us are looking up and we're like the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. How far down the road are we? How much time do we have left? The world is about done, people. I don't know if you planned on that, but it's about over. Because we have to address climate change. Because that is the thing. And the world is over. Do you know how many laws have been affected by this? Policies have been affected by this? This has caught on. This is the thinking. It's a paradigm. It's a way of thinking. So there's a whole group of people who, in agreement, say, that's, that's right. This world is just about done. We're all going to perish. I want you to think about that as you drive in your air-conditioned car to the local store where there's produce in abundance And uh, canned goods on the shelves, and you have food to eat. Or you can just go to the fast food place next door. That the world is just about done. You can see it. We're so many years into this climate thing. And that's not totally to make fun of her or anyone else who has that position, because this is serious to them. And, And it is a serious issue. It's just that maybe we need to broaden the way we approach this. So science 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 is supposed to be something that is about the data about gathering information from observation from repeated testing to make sure that what we're looking at is the right thing that we are looking at this properly we want to get accurate data that that's the idea of science because science means knowledge we want to have that kind of knowledge the right kind of knowledge We can get accurate data, and then there's a follow-up to that is, depending on my paradigm, I'm going to gather data in a particular way. After I gather the data, because if I have a paradigm, I'm going to gather data that supports what I already believe, which is a really horrible way to do this. I just want to find stuff that tells me exactly what I already believe in the first place. You go, no, if you're doing science... You go find out what it says, what it is, what's the data tell you, you go from there. Well, there's interpretation of data, so you get the data, and if I have a particular bent on my paradigm, I'm going to follow that to arrive at my conclusions, which I start with. That's what I started with. I just want to go have credentials or reports or other people agree with me, so I can go get... As much as I as much as I can find and, and then the interpretation can be that there is a um, warming a global warming and then uh, scientists and it's why I have both up there Scientists saying that the warmest say the you know climate change and the whole global warming thing the other side says no these are just normal changes and processes that the earth goes, goes through, non-warmest. So you have both. Um, the warmest would call the non-warmest deniers. So if you've seen climate change denier in, in the news, that's what the, you know, because each side has something negative to say about the other side, so you have to use terms that, you know, put them in their place. It's really a spin on whatever the data is. What would be helpful is to have somebody look at the data and then interpret it based on what is really unfolding here. What does it really tell us from the observation? What does the science, what knowledge do we gather from that science? Not somebody's spin, not somebody's bent, not somebody's paradigm. We just want to know where does that tell, tell us? What does that take us? What is really unfolding here? that then we can have solutions then we can work on okay so we're out of whale blubber what do we do next what what's available to us how can we light our homes we, we use beeswax for candles but you know the bees don't like that either i mean we just have to figure out a way oh there's oil and gas maybe we can do that and electricity and we come up with a plan so what are the solutions what can we do but if we just go with the paradigm and we prove whatever it is we want to prove based on our, our bent to start with, and then we come up with laws and policies that affect 350 million people, uh, that could get scary and maybe unnecessary. So that's, that's kind of where some of this is taking us. And, and there's a, the science of uh, this is, uh, just think of data, pure data, Pure interpretation, where does it take us so that we can make whatever innovative approaches we need, make adaptation to live well? How do we get there? So let me throw this in there. You can do this on the Internet. This is really fun. Type this stuff in and see how many scientists believe that in in the whole global warming, climate change thing. It will give you numbers like 99.9% believe that's what's happening. If you scroll down a little bit, you come up with one that says 40%. And so you go, well, that somehow doesn't add up, at least from my math class. That's not how that worked. And you go, well, all right, so why, why would there be such a difference in what people think? And why are there s- these astronauts a- astronauts who are scientists who are going, no, that's not what's going on? You go, these guys kind of know stuff. And I'm like, no, that's not really what's unfolding. But see, if you put out a number like 99%, the majority says this climate change, global warming, is deadly, and it's coming after you. And you are caught in it, and we've got to change the laws, and we need to control it from the capital or from the federal level or the state level. We need big-time control on this thing. And shut it down. Now, there's a paradigm. How do you control a number of people? You can do it with health issues, and you can do it with energy issues, and you do it with laws like that. So, how can I control a major group of people? You scare them. You scare them. And if you scare them enough, they'll vote for it. And they'll go, yeah, that sounds like that's reasonable. Because, man, we're all going to die. And we only got eight years left. And we're going to die. The whole world is going to die. Oh, oh, Besides, we don't want to go with 99% and somebody just made that number up. 99% say all the scientists agree with this, which isn't true at all. They also agreed at one time that the world was flat. That turned out not to be so so and also if you rode in a train and it went over 12 miles an hour we don't know what will happen you probably die there too (laughs) 99% of the scientists said so so do we go with the majority of scientists who come up with this stuff or do we look at the data hopefully find a scientist who just looks at the data interprets it appropriately and then we find policies and get innovative and adapt we just move the town up. Yesterday I was in Salina. You guys get to, you know, you can go eat there tomorrow, uh, later. And I drove over the bridge, and because I knew I was going to speak on this, I'm driving in. You realize Salina is below lake level. So when you drive into town, there's a giant dike you got to go over to get into town. You get on the other side, and you look. That thing is way above those people's homes. There's some old houses on the inside of that. You go, all that has to, do is to leak a little bit. What did they do? They adapted, and they've been living there for years. It's crazy. My great-grandparents had a farm, and it's up the lake just a little bit uh, past Saline Creek. That one, however, is under the lake, so they didn't adapt. But you can fish. You can fish there. That part's cool. Anyway, so we're going to die. We don't have many years left. This thing's coming. We've got to make some policy changes. We've got to get serious, get real. It's coming. So from the CDC and other places, here's the chart on climate-related re- death risk from 1920 to 2020. You know how to read these, right? Those are high numbers on the left, climate-related deaths related to flood, drought, storms, wildfire, extreme temps. And you can see, we better get with it because this thing's about done. It's almost become nil. It's gotten even better. You'd think, man, last couple of years, it's certainly, no, no, even gotten better. Why, Because people adapted and they said, "You know what? Get out of the way of the storm, we have early warning systems, tornadoes are coming. you know you got a thing on your phone that'll scream at you, even if the high winds are coming. you got all the stuff. you know what that does saves people's lives. We adapted lo and behold, climate stuff happens it sure does that the ocean changes, it gets hot, gets cold, atmosphere moves air from place to place, it's hot." And it gets cold. That's what the earth does. Been doing it a long time. Probably keep doing it long after we're gone. Is it over in eight years? Don't think so. Are we in danger of man? We better get ready for all this stuff. Well, in 1920, they should have. But in 2020, things have improved incredibly So what do we do with that? So that's all my that's my paradigm and spin on this. So let's look at what did God give us? What's the responsibility? What have we been given? So here's responsibility from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, Let us make humans in our image to be like ourselves. That's heavenly beings. God. Heavenly beings, be like ourselves. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So we have responsibility for this earth, for the stuff on the earth, take care of the garden, take care of the critters, to be like God. In that sense, we are doing what we were made to do. So we have a responsibility for the earth. So to trash it out like we've done, you remember, if you did drive the highways back in the '60s, when people did throw the trash out the window of their car and you know all that normal stuff, and it was ditches were full of junk, and you go, that was just horrible. Yeah, that wasn't responsible. Somebody came up with the rules and don't do that, or we'll charge you hundred bucks. So you go, okay, I'm not gonna, I won't do that. You drive along now, you don't see much. That's a good thing. We came up with a good way to, you know, clean things up a little bit. Yeah. And we're supposed to be taking care of the animals. We need to manage how we handle livestock. We need to handle, uh, we don't want to wipe out all the whales. We don't want to kill all the buffalo. They tried that one too. I mean, it's just all kinds of things that we've done. And and then you back off and you go, yeah. probably need to take care of them. Do we need to go to extreme and make that the only thing? No, but we need to be responsible and take care of them and help. All of God's creatures, along with us, on this planet, do well. We can all thrive. That's, that was the idea. So we have a responsibility. And here's what happens with neglect. What if we're given a little parcel of this planet to take care of? This is from Proverbs chapter 24. He writes, I walk by the field of a lazy person the vineyard of one with no common sense. I saw that it was overgrown with nettles. It was covered with weeds, and its walls were broken down. Then, as I looked and thought about it, I learned this lesson. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. It's just wisdom literature written in the scriptures uh, a thousand years before Christ. And you go, you know, that's helpful. You want scarcity. It's not in eight years that this world, because the climate's changing, is coming to an end, and things are going to be scarce. It's scarce because we aren't being responsible to take care of things. We're not taking care of our homes. We're not taking care of our gardens. We're not taking care of our food. And the sustenance and the protecting farmers and protecting those who are producing, all of those things are are going to be important. We start with our little plot, the responsibility that we have, and then it goes out from there. And we represent God on earth. We are God-like when we are doing this because we are honoring him by doing what he's called us to do, being responsible taking care of the things and the critters that God has given us. And as each person handles that and does that well, then you move into a community. Communities won't run into countries. Wow, and after a while, what do we have on this planet? Something that's working and something that is healthy. And scarcity goes away. All we have to do is neglect it. Be a lazy person. Be a person with no common sense. Don't take responsibility for it. Just let it go. Let it pile up. Go, go play. Go find something else to distract. And God says, I gave, I've given you responsibility. Think about it. You don't have to use up all the whales. There's other ways to do this. So take care of the world I gave you sure it's fallen and it's broken that doesn't take away our responsibility to take care of it and it will take care of us that's what proverbs is telling us poverty will pounce on you like a bandit scarcity will attack you like an armed robber but if you take care of it that's not what happens it produces you get a harvest so we want to go in the right direction we want to go with god be responsible take care of the things we want to vote for things and if you know, it comes to a vote for us that are going to do that responsible living on the planet, not not running uh, away from things, but taking responsibility for it and taking care of it. So, responsible planet keeping, responsible planet keeping, Christ-centered, not crisis-centered. We keep it focused on the Lord, we listen to Him, we go with the responsibilities He's given us, use common sense, work hard, that's what Proverbs is telling us, God has said, here it is, I'm giving this to you, go take care of it, okay, so we're going to listen to Christ, not crisis, because as you just saw in my, you know, well-balanced presentation, there are those who are saying one thing and another group saying another, and they don't necessarily agree. And wouldn't it be nice if people actually just had a little dialogue and, and uh, compared notes, and then we could find out some innovative ways to handle things. That would be cool. But it's crisis-centered. Whatever we can create fear in the people, then they'll vote for us and put our party or our individual back in, in whatever position of authority so that we can run things because they're afraid. go, yeah. yes not crisis centered not for us not the followers of Christ it's Christ centered and we're doing this because it's responsible because we keep this planet because we all live here and you don't want to mess where you live you know birds in a cage that's kind of gross but some people have to take the newspaper out of the bottom get the mess out well we're responsible for getting the mess out that's us not crisis centered Christ centered so Colossians 3, 23, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Work for the Lord, keep it Christ-centered, put in the effort, figure out new ways to do things and maybe new energy sources and creative ways to save energy or, or, or just totally do it different that we haven't even touched on yet. And God said, I, here you go. I'm letting you run with it. Take care of it. I think that's a good idea. So climate's going to change. Absolutely. Don't have to deny it. It will. It has. It does now. It will in the future. Do we have to be afraid of it? No. Nope. We need to adapt. We need to be ready to uh, handle whatever and most of us even have that little tornado siren thing on our phone, so we you know we 've already adapted, so God has taken care of us he 's providing a lot, so how do we live walk with God in the world? We walk responsibly, we walk with him, we keep him central. We do real science we don 't let the majority. Or the influencers on the internet tell us how to live. We are Christ-centered, not crisis-centered. That's how we do it. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for allowing us some time together, time to look into your word, time to remember what you have given us here and the things that we have to do, our part in all of this. Uh, Give us creative minds Lord, to handle these things and remind us to get our hands dirty a little bit, work hard, make these things happen. And, uh, Lord, thank you for loving us. And we do want to be Christ-centered in all things. And we give you the honor and the glory now forever and ever. Amen. For since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Amen.